Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Fernicus. Say what? Charette. Dr. Gordon, how's it going, sir? Oh, man, I am good. I am good for yeah. my levels, like yeah. a 7.7. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah getting up yeah. there in the high sevens. High mm. sevens. How, That's how, nice. We were talking before we came on air, Mike. Yeah, you, you, Dr. G, you've I'm got like something. Seven point five. Yeah, you've got something going on. He's yeah. feeling off, listeners. Jeez. Maybe not. You know, maybe it's maybe I really did have a great workout yesterday. It's and, just in uh, your head. You know, I'm just yeah, maybe. It's a it's a psychosomatic thing, huh? Okay. Yeah, might be, might mm. be. I had to do uh, four like almost four workouts this week because I missed one, and then I was like. So I think my body is like, you need to stop doing this. What are you? And then I'm running, and it's just ridiculous. It's stupid. <laughs> I'm doing too much. too much fitness. It's too Get much. Out I of need here. to lay around. Mm, that's that's spoken like a true American, Mike. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's a fact. Uh, Mike, I've got a, I got an interesting story to tell. Um, mm. and I got I got to start with the question. Uh, do you? When you're walking around mm-hmm. on, on on the sidewalks of America, mm-hmm. do you attract odd people? Hmm. I don't know, but do you ever get this feeling? Do you ever have this where you go into a restaurant that's totally empty and a bunch of people start, show up? You ever have that? And they they want to sit beside where you're sitting. That always Maybe happens to that, me. Maybe not but it just gets busier. No, seems... I definitely do not okay. attract people to a restaurant. <laughs> When okay. I go in, people look in and they're like, whoa, we're not going to that one. Look at, oh, Jesus, no, no thank you. No. Looks like it's about to get robbed by this yeah, guy. Yeah, this this vagrant uh. in there needs to be taken out. Uh, I, I know about the sidewalk, though. I attract weird people, Mike. Not normal hmm. people. Not just okay. like, you know, it's not like everyday people are like, oh, I'm going to go over and strike up a conversation with that guy. No. No, it's always odd people. So true. And... And as you know, Mike, I'm I'm on college campuses all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and college campuses are loaded with weirdos. Don't know mm-hmm. if you knew that or not. I mean, most of the students are weirdos, mm-hmm. but then on a higher scale, the faculty members are even higher weirdos, right? Mm-hmm. And then even higher on the scale, there's a group of weirdos that always hang around the student centers. And try to convert people to their weirdness, you know. Mm. There's just all kinds of people out there, you know. What's that look like? Oh, uh, you know, it's it's clubs, it's student clubs that are trying. Like, you know, the uh, the Quidditch team what? of the school Quidditch. is like, hey, Harry Potter's awesome, right? You want to imagine that you're flying around playing <laughs> Quidditch with us? You know, and then there's like the hacky sack club beside them. And then there's Uh the, yeah, it's just everybody. And then, you know, and so I was, uh, I was walking across campus yesterday and I was late for a meeting and I've got like 
five minutes to get across campus to this meeting, and it's pretty far away. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to get, get through here. I've got my headphones on, and this dude in robes, little literal robes, mm-hmm. stands in front of me, and is like, excuse me, sir, do you know about meditation? Wait, what? And I'm like, you know. Now, first off, Mike, why did he spot me out and decide to ask me? Probably because he was like, look at this hippie vagrant. He'll be into this. And he he was definitely right about the hippie vagrant part. And I will say, Mike, they definitely profile. All of these mm-hmm. weirdos definitely profile. Because I've walked through there a bunch of times. And there's a, there's a Jehovah's Witness group. Mm. The Jehovah's Witness group has never even looked my way. They're like, no chance really? for that guy. That's not happening. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. But this guy was like, yes, I'm going to ask him about meditation. And regardless, Mike, I shouldn't have engaged, you know? I should have just kept going and been like, no time, I've got a meeting. I don't know why I didn't have time to discuss the intricacies of meditation with this Mm -hmm. guy. But instead, I was like, yeah, I have. Why, Mike? Why did I say yes? (laughs) Why? Girl, come on! I have no idea, but I did. And he was like, I have the book for you. And I was like, really? Off of that one question, you've got the book for me? That's it's very surprising. He was like, oh, yeah, I've got it. It's the Gita. Now, if you don't know the Gita, Mike, it's the book that Hare Krishna movement goes off of, right? This is, this is their spiritual teachings. And I was like, oh, Jesus I got into a spiritual ceremony. Oh no! And I was getting ready. I was like trying to tell him politely. I was like, "I got, I got, I got a meeting. I don't have time for Hari Krishna right now." Uh, but he just like n- n- blew me over before I could get it even out. He's like, "Ah, let me uh, just. Uh, I'm going to go through the book a little bit here. I'm going to show you some things here. This is great. Some Hari Krishna knowledge for you." And I was like, "Oh, God. he's like, have you uh, heard of karma?" I was like, "Yes." I've heard of karma. He's like, yeah, explains it all in this book, karma. Yeah. You know what language is in this book? I was like, uh, looks like Sanskrit. He's like, yeah, that's right. It's Sanskrit. It's the most complicated language ever in the history of the world. And I was like, I don't know if that, I don't buy that. I don't know if you're a linguist. That doesn't sound right. But he just keeps going through it. And he's like, you want to get rid of bad karma? I was like, I, I mean, that sounds nice, sure. He's like, you want to go on a higher level of enlightenment? I was like, I, I guess, yeah. And once again, I was going to try, as he was going through this, I was going to try to jump out, you know? I was going to try to just be like, hey, I got a meeting. And he just bowls me over again. He's like, have you heard of the Beatles? What? And I was like, the most famous band in the history of modern music? Yeah, I've heard of them. Most, most folks have. He's like, oh. Well, that's good, because uh, George Harrison, John Lennon, they were into this. I've got another book for you. And he pulls out the book called Chant and Be Happy. Chant All- and Be Happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All about how John Lennon and George Harrison used the power of meditation. Now, Mike, immediately came to my head at this point that I was like, should I point out to him... That have out of all of the uh, Beatles, uh, John and George are the guys, one of them got murdered in front of his house and the other died of cancer. 
after being almost stabbed to death, while the other two Beatles are still alive. That's a fact. And they mm. don't chant and be happy. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's correlated, but there is a relationship there. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know. But regardless, Mike, I mean, and and just uh, point it out, if Sir Paul <laughs> and Sir Ringo want to make a book of whatever they've done to be happy at the age of like 84 now, I'd like to know that book. Give me that yeah, I'll book, I'll read that Paul. book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, Dr. G, you're like, so anyways, we meditated for 20 minutes together. (laughs) He continued on, man. He kept trying. Like, he he did. He did, by the way, get me to do the the Hare Krishna chant. That was basically how I got myself out of the the situation. But he was like, "Uh, have you ever had the Hare Krishna lunch? I was like, no, I haven't. He's like, "They, they have it all the time over there. And I was like, I know they do, man. And by the way, I still have one AirPod in. So I've got mm. I've got Conan O'Brien going on in this ear <laughs> interviewing <laughs> someone and then Hari Krishna just coming in on the other ear and I'm like this is this is very confusing. Uh but he was like uh you, uh you so you haven't had one of their meals. You know, by the way, all their meals are vegetarian. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. He's like animals have souls. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? And he's like bad karma. It's bad karma to eat animals. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And again, I was like, Mike, should I tell him? I've built up a lot of bad karma along the way then. I was like, is there a statute of limitations on how far we go back of eating animals? Because it's been decades, my friend. <laughs> I've got a lot of karma to build up then. This is not good. Now, Mike, I don't know if you know or not, but when you build up bad karma, you can change your karma by pumping out some Hare Krishna chants. That's what they believe. Hmm. Oh, okay. You do this chanting, mm-hmm. and it cleanses you of the bad karma, which okay. is sort of sort of like Catholicism, you know, to me, like thinking about it. Like in Catholicism, you go into confessional, you tell them everything you did wrong, and they give you a certain amount of Hail Marys to do, you know? They say, oh, you hmm. did this wrong. You got a seven Hail Marys. You got a... Hail Mary to get a root. Which, so you say Hail Mary like seven times in a row, or yeah, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, and then it's supposed to it's supposed to go ahead and 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 cleanse you of your your uh, wrongs. Which again, Mike, I didn't really have time to discuss it with this guy because at this point I was like negative two minutes uh, late to my meeting there, or negative, or I guess positive two minutes late to my meeting, negative two minutes of time to get to my meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, what? But chanting God's name doesn't really seem like equal to your bad karma, you know? That doesn't seem like like a way to get rid of karma, you know? Yeah. I mean, if this is the supreme creator and you're going to say their name a couple of times, that doesn't really seem like he'd be cool with it or they would be cool with it, whatever, right? Doesn't right. seem like you'd say Hare Krishna a bunch of times and then all of a sudden God would be like, oh, you know what? That was pretty cool. Forget that he stabbed somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. Nice. Like, that Forgive seems it. a little ridiculous, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would make more sense if you did something good to eliminate something bad, you know? That does make more sense, yeah. You know, you eat a couple of cows, therefore mm-hmm. you donate some blood to the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. Or you listen yeah. to the Doc G Show. That's also charity, guys. Mm-hmm. That's it charity is. for us. Counts. That's a fact. Counts. But bottom line, Mike, I was five minutes late to my meeting because I was deep in discussion 
of Hare Krishna. And I then had to go into my meeting and explain for like 10 minutes how I attract odd people on the sidewalk. <laughs> Which led to 10 minutes to me explaining on this show to everyone how I attract weird people on the sidewalk. Which I'm guessing, Mike, all of our listeners already knew because they're listening to the show. Therefore, they're weirdos. <laughs> Mike, are you ready to fire up this show for weirdos? Let's fire up this weird show, Doc G. Woo! Woo! All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Mike, we have a fantastic show. That's right. We have the amazing Mia Asano and Allie Crowley Duncan on the show. My goodness. Better known as Mia X Allie. Oh my gosh. Can't wait to talk to these two. Just two young bucks out there getting on their instruments, the violin and the uh, bagpipes, right? Yeah. Oh. Nice. Right? Backpipes. Yeah. It's not it's not your it's not your average rodeo. No, not at all. Not at all. Can't wait to talk to him. It's gonna be a good time. But first, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. This is where we start. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Mike, uh let's see. I think it's another potentially uh one for one, <laughs> or sorry, one for three. Oh man, Here this first one is the biggest. Uh, this is this is the most likely. Okay, this is the most likely. Let's so do you're it. you're seventy five and a half out of one thirty. Seventy five and a half out of one thirty. Okay. Uh, okay, here's the condensed clue. Basketball player for the Timberwolves, nickname Big Cat. Hmm. Cal Williams. No, what am I talking about? No, 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 no. Cal Williams, hilarious. Um, Cat Williams, classic basketball player right yeah. there. <laughs> um, oh, why am I blanking on his name right now? He's been playing with the Wolves for uh, a minute. For a hot minute, yeah. Yep, since 2015. 2015? Uh-huh. He, he played in college at Kentucky. Hmm. Can I get uh, initials? You got him. Cat. K-A-T. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, thank you, Dr. I'm going to have to cut it down to a half, but good news, Mike. That's okay. That That's means okay. 76. That means there you're at a whole number. Whole there it is. There it is. Yes, Carl Anthony Towns, born November 15th, 1995 in Edison, New Jersey. Grew up in Piscataway, New Jersey. Excelled in basketball. Uh, Mike, in high school, he had multiple quadruple doubles. Not hmm. bad. Not quadruple bad. Quadruple double. Yeah. Added blocks to it. Blocks, assists, oh, rebounds, okay. and points. Gotcha. I'd never heard that. Yeah, it helps when you're six eleven in uh, yeah, high school, sure. playing against me at like five eleven in high school. <laughs> like, holy Jesus, he's a foot taller than me. What am I supposed to do with this guy? I never played against Cat. One because I was like forty by the time he was in high school, and two, 
Uh, he uh, played at much better schools than I did. Um, regardless, Mike, he was selected number one by the Timberwolves, became Rookie of the Year, uh, and he has since been a two-time NBA uh, 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 All-NBA player and three-time NBA All-Star. There you go. Nice. And I'll tell you, those Timberwolves are, I mean, it's early. We're only like yeah. 10 games in, but they're looking good. Yeah, what's that guy's name? Uh, Anthony Williams, um, Ant-Man. Yeah, that guy's killing it. He's, 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 he's got serious. got good highlights. He's yeah. a real deal right there. He's a real deal. I mean, they beat, they beat the, they beat the uh, reigning champs. They beat Denver already. Mm-hmm. They beat Boston when Boston was undefeated. I mean... They're the giant killers right there. They beat uh, mm-hmm. Golden State, too, at home. Golden State's super tough at home. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Impressive wins. Yeah. Not so much because of Cat, more because of Ant-Man. But still. What? Uh, yeah. Happy birthday, Cat. It's your it's your birthday. Uh, turning, still such a young buck, turning 28, Mike. 28. 28. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Uh, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Yeah, Dr. G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. I This has uh, been on my mind, but okay. I didn't ask you because, uh, you know, you were explaining everything. Who is Harry Krishna or what is this guy? <laughs> Hari Krishna is uh, it's it, sort of the central component of Hinduism, right? Oh, okay. It's, I think I've heard of it, yeah. But Hari Krishna is sort of the... It's a translated version of traditional Hinduism. Okay. And again, listeners, if there's a Hindu out there that knows this way better than me, and it's like, he up all over the place, just let me know. <laughs> Shoot me an email. But that's the idea, right? There was a, it was basically, it was like, it was in the early 60s, there was a, a guy, can't remember his name, came from... Uh, India to America with this idea of sort of translated Hinduism, uh, and it was the Hare Krishna movement, and the okay. first people that he converted were uh, a bunch of hippies in New York that were like, mm-hmm. yeah, love and peace, <laughs> brother, I got it, yeah, you know, and that was the, that's, you know, that's sort of how the Beatles got wrapped up in it as far as George Harrison and, and John Lennon as well, and they were like, yeah, you know, and that's why, uh, um, um, you know, George Harrison actually has the song where he actually uh, repeats Hare Krishna. He actually sings it in a song. So you Okay, know. yeah, I think I've heard that, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you know, that was the first headline. Uh review of Hare Krishna. Uh <laughs> now now our first uh, headline, Mike, comes from it's a little piece here from Wisconsin. Wisconsin State Journal. You ever been to Gale, Galesville, Wisconsin? No, I've only been to Milwaukee, mm. so I don't know where that is. Well, you know that I would say I would say that's most folks as far as Wisconsin. You know, yeah, right. It's like the only place that or Madison. You know, those Madison. are the two. Yeah, that's where you know that's where the University of Wisconsin is. Okay. Um, but uh, that's where Ron and Mary Knappen live. Ron and Mary live. Uh, they're the owners of Phone Co. Now, you want to go out on a limb and guess what they sell at PhoneCo, Mike? Phones. Mint Mobile plans. You, you nailed it. <laughs> Phones, Mike. And landlines. 
Land they lines. only sell landline phones. Oh, okay. They have about every landline antique phone you can think of, going back like 130 years, Mike. Nice. Just all kinds. Like, and I'm not. I'm not talking like a hundred phones. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of phones. Oh wow. Yes, Doctor. Well, I just had a. I just had a flashback. Do you remember going to like Walmart or something, and there was a whole aisle in the electronics department dedicated to really advanced landlines. Land yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you had like you had the little speaker buttons, you had yeah. voicemails, and they had like cool little digital readouts. You're like, are we in the future? Is this <laughs> yeah. is this a fax machine too? It's a fax machine? Oh my god. I'm gonna uh. fax a couple of people on this landline. You know? It's pretty awesome. Yes. Mm. I do remember that aisle. But mm. uh Ron basically has that whole aisle. In his his warehouses, that's mm. all it is. Okay. Ron is eighty seven. Mike, he is mm -hmm. eighty seven. He started buying phones back in nineteen seventy one. Uh, but now, believe it or not, Mike, this may throw you. He says the market uh for antique and new phones, uh, not as good as it used to be. Hmm. I thought you were going to say it's going back. It's coming back. No. <laughs> like all the kids are starting to buy up the landlines now. Oddly phones, enough, landlines. Mike, <laughs> they don't they don't care. Uh he nope. said the uh the landline market started cooling down around the mid 2000s and hasn't really picked back up. He mm. said, "Quote, right now the order situation pretty stagnant. The sales are pitiful. It's in a very sad point of decline." That's what he said. No. And now, okay. Mike, Ron's looking to get out of the phone game. He's trying to sell all those phones, but he's a little worried they're not going to be able to get rid of them all, you know? But I got I, I to gotta wonder on this story a little bit, like why Ron and Mary didn't build up a little bit of a contingency plan somewhere in the mid-90s. Like, hmm. you know? Like, wouldn't you yeah. think? Like, hey, you remember when they, they came up with that, that invention, the light bulb? And after the invention of the light bulb, those gas lamps sucked pretty hard. And mm -hmm. You don't really see them around anymore. You think that could happen to the phone? No way. People love their cords. They're not going to want to get rid of this sweet cord. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, don't you think maybe they would have thought of something? I don't know. Just thinking. But I don't know. I just want to put out the word there, Mike. If any of our listeners want a sweet antique phone, you call up Ron in Wisconsin, and you can take one out of the hundreds of thousands that he needs to get rid of off of his hands. He'll be very, very happy. All call right. his landline phone. He's got a he's probably yeah. That's how well, no, they actually they yeah, did. What mention, phone does he use in the shop? <laughs> they did mention Mike in the uh, in the uh, article that he has a flip phone that he bought from Walmart about ten years ago. So that is okay. his cellular phone that he does use, but that's the only cellular phone that he uses. There will be no extracurricular activities being had on his phone. No, thank you. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Mike. just started uh, collecting the uh, flip phones. See, now kids are coming back to the flip phones. They think they're cool. Yeah. They think they're cool.
Uh, Mike, I don't know. you're a you're a big fan of Grand Theft Auto, correct? Oh, I love that game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a large group of gamers were surveyed with the question: Will Grand Theft Auto Six surpass the gaming experience of Grand Theft Auto Five? I think so. Yeah. You're with the majority, Mike. 84.6% of respondents said they think it will. Yeah, for sure. Mike, I think this means we've got to the point where the only thing we can be positive about in society is now video games. Yes. Mm -hmm. Climate, yep. we're screwed. Health, we're screwed. Politics sucks. Grand Theft Auto, oh, that's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Virtual reality. Yep. Apparently, in the new GTA, Mike, uh, characters are going to age as you play the game longer. Oh, okay, that's weird. Which, yeah, which sounds cool, but it, like it also like doesn't that mean your character is going to age as well? Like, shouldn't it? Like, so like if you take a really long time beating the game, your character is going to be like chasing down a car to steal and be like, oh god, I can't run like I used to, man. I think I'm having a heart attack. Jesus Christ! I shouldn't have had, shouldn't have had all those donuts back in the day. Wasted. Oh God! Yeah, and then he'll just die, and you'll be like, "Oh, heart attack! Oh, the worst way to go." Anyways, Mike, <laughs> like you have your you have your monetary amount, but then you also have your like retirement amount. <laughs> like, yeah, uh. I'm gonna. You know what? That's how you win the game, Mike. Uh. You just you just retire. You know what? <laughs> I'm out, you guys. I've made it to retirement. I've made Ironically, it to Ironically, it's in Florida. I think the new Grand Theft Auto is going to be Florida. There you go. You go right yeah. to the villages. You just <laughs> set yourself up. It's I think they have amazing. the villages in the game. They have Key West. Yes. The, they de I think they have Orlando, Tampa, and um, yeah, I'm oh, not God. sure. That's going to be them. exciting. That's yeah. going to be exciting. Mike, uh, I'm here. Uh, after all that great news about uh, Grand Theft Auto, I've got a, an absolute travesty that I have to report in Montgomery uh -oh. County, Maryland. Uh oh, yeah, it's a business staple of the community is getting ran out of town. It's a restaurant that has been there for over forty years. That's right. And right now, as we speak, Mike, the community members are trying to accumulate enough signatures on a petition to save the restaurant. That restaurant, Mike? McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> huh? That's right, Mike. The McDonald's at Cabin John Village Shopping Center is closing because the owner of the shopping center is refusing to renew the McDonald's lease for a, quote, reasonable duration to accommodate the owner's renovation demands, end quote. Horrible, Mike. Yeah. Horrible. Mike, Monica terrible. Walters, who lives in the area, who works upstairs <clears throat> on the second floor of the shopping center, said the area has seen a significant amount of change. It's sad because a lot of these fancy places are taking over sort of the local places. Exactly, Mike. <laughs> the local places. The like locals. that l little old mom and pop place that has a brand value of $196 billion. 
Jeez. That little old mom and pop place that only has 40,000 locations <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> Soon to be 39,999, thanks to the people at Cabin John Village Shopping Center. Ah. Uh. God. Sorry. I'm getting a little I'm getting a little upset, Mike. Yeah, come on. Are they is it the one with the, uh, do they have the uh, old arch? Like the, uh, is like one no, of those no. classic? Nah, it's no. in the shopping center. It's, you know. Oh, so it's like, it's just like a, okay. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up, Mike. If they get rid of this McDonald's, there are only going to be 17 other locations in a five mile radius that they can get McDonald's. <laughs> what are they going to do, Mike? Come on. Know. Although I will say now after over their problem, I will say, Mike, I don't like when they uh, renovate old fast food restaurants. Yeah, not no, necessarily get rid of rid of them, but just yeah, you know, putting on new facades. I don't like it. Nah, keep the old ones, man. Keep the history. Yeah, it's like you were saying the 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 old McDonald's. There's a there's an old McDonald's on on Jack's Beach where they kept the uh, where they kept the arches. You know, the, yeah. like the original super yeah. old school like the single arches. arch. Yeah, 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 and you're just like, oh, that's ooh, ooh. Am I going? Am Retro. I going to the 1950s right now? <laughs> you know, and you could do that with all of them. You could keep an 80s one. You could keep a 90s one, and you could just go to your decade. Like, think mm -hmm. about that. Think about how how much nostalgia that would mm. be for. Like, you could tap into so much money. People would want to yeah. go back to their childhood. They'd want to go yeah. to that 80s Taco Bell. Or that 90s Burger King, mm -hmm. you know? That yeah. 90s Wendy's. You remember the Wendy's with the weird, like, glass sunroom on it? Always had those little, sun, like, it was just a glass bubble sort of on the side of the building. I know really? some I of the listeners. Yeah. yeah. Wendy's. Oh, McDonald's. man. Oh, no. I, went, I, I celebrated all the fast food restaurants, Mike. Yeah. That's a fact. Everything. You're not holding me down. Wendy's? Yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Give me yeah. a single with cheese. Oh, 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 go to Burger King. Get some of that flame broiled goodness. Oh, get me a Burger King's amazing. Get me a Whopper. There's it's mm -hmm. a very unique smell when you go by a, a, unique, a Burger yeah. King. You know, yeah. you know it's a Burger King. You're like that's flame broiled right there. I smell yeah. that. Yeah, they're pumping the, they're pumping the smells out into the mm -hmm. trying to get you in. They're getting you and in. It works. Though. Oh, it does. It, it does. Mike, uh, I got to move on though. I've got huge. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey news. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep. I don't know if you're aware, Mike, but Taylor, she started her international leg of the old Eras tour. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw she was in, like, Argentina. They were throwing mm -hmm. stuff on stage. Mm-hmm. She was in Buenos Aires this past weekend. Uh, and the more exciting thing, Mike, she changed the lyrics to her song, Karma. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The original lyrics of Karma is the guy on the screen coming home to me. She changed it. Karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. Ooh. Yeah. That's, Referring that's to Travis, obviously. And Travis was in the audience actually sitting with Taylor's dad. Say what? Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Now, very lovely story, Mike. Very happy to, to see this love blossoming, as you know. Mm-hmm. Would just like to point out, as of this morning, 
uh, Taylor Swift's Instagram following zero people. Girl, come on! Uh-huh. Okay. Just check. Just want to put that out there. Still zero. Still zero. Come yeah. on. Just saying. Just saying. It's a big move. Changing lyrics, great move. You know the move I want to see, Mike. Just saying. One follow. Just, just want. Just want to see it. That's it. That's it. Mike, uh, let's see. This is a quick story here. Uh, Lauren Sanchez. You know Lauren Sanchez? Um, no, I don't think so. Maybe. She is, she is Jeff Bezos' fiance there. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're about they're well, they're working on getting married. They're not about to get married. They they, they got engaged on uh, his yacht in May. You know, his small like three hundred and fifty <laughs> million dollar yacht or whatever it is. And uh, Lauren uh, shared all the details of their engagement and uh, what they've decided as far as the wedding details with Vogue magazine for their December issue. Mm. Uh, and she, in this in this uh, issue, she also recounted how she was blown away by the size of the engagement ring, Mike. She said, quote, when he opened the box, I think I blacked out a little bit. <laughs> it was just yeah. a diamond. <laughs> just yeah. massive, just a massive diamond. It was 20 carats, Mike. 20 carats? I don't even know what that looks like. What well, I mean, the thing, though, like, I, I heard the story, Mike, and I was like, should that really be that surprising, though? Like, I started thinking about it. He's worth $161 billion, Mike. Jeez. $161 billion. The ring was apparently worth $20 million. That's what they said the ring was worth. You know what that percentage is, Mike? That's 0.001% of his money. 0.001%. Can you imagine if Frank the accountant tried that ratio on his wife? Well, honey, my entire net worth is $200,000. Here's a ring worth $2. (laughs) They would not be happy at all, Mike. Oh, my gosh. So it looks like the size of the diamond would be about the size of her fingernail. Possibly. Oh, yeah. It's a little bigger. It's a little bigger. But, like, here's the thing, Mike. That's, That's weak. That's weak for Jeff Bezos. Yeah, if he really wants to impress relative. her, you know what I was saying? He needs to go out there and get the Cullinan Cullinan diamond. You know the Cullinan diamond? No, it's, I'm looking it up. It's uh it's uh it's owned by the King of England. It's on the sovereign scepter with cross. It's 530 carats. Yeah. Now, I mean to, to get the king of England to bite on an offer, he might have to go up to like $1 billion to buy that thing. And that's more like it. So true. And then his fiance has a scepter instead of a ring. How cool is that? You mm-hmm. walk around with an engagement scepter? That, that is an engagement, Mike. That's yeah, what I think. That would be nice. Uh, you you're know? talking about like the, the cane basically, right? That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scepter. What do they call it? A scepter? Scepter. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What about the, uh, the Titanic diamond? Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dr. Ian. Never mind. Just forget. Just uh, cut hey, that. Cut that. Out. He, <laughs> no, he could get, he just get, you know, he can get a, a whole, whether it's a real diamond or not, he can get a whole treasure trove of diamonds for her. Just mm-hmm. give her, you know, yeah, give her a treasure box full of all diamonds. <laughs> you know? That. 
is how you do it, Jeff. Yeah, One ring. That's lame. <laughs> lame. Step your game up, Jeff. Yeah. Come, on, Come on, man. Yeah. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, none other than Mia X Alley. This is Through the Fire and Flames right here on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever they get their podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a cost-effective way to support the show. Yes. And... If the listeners are feeling extra generous, they should leave us a five-star review. Doesn't Amen. take that long. And a comment. We love Amen. comments. Amen. Hare Krishna, Mike. Yes. 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 Whatever. Uh, Mike, we need to thank the five-star listeners here. Uh, now I've decided I'm going to do a little something new, Mike. Okay. I am going to bring up a fun fact. About each of our five star, not each of them. I'm going to bring up every week. We're going to highlight a new five star listener group for something fun about their city. Fun fact about their city. Cool. So here, first, I got to give all the the five stars, Mike. I'm going to try to go back to the traditional fast. Here we go. Okay. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Noka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Pirakai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, Boynton, Virginia. Yes, wow. Mike! Yes! That was Got the... G. That might have been the best. I I think, yes, 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 Mike. (laughs) That might have been the best. I nailed it. (laughs) Woo! Gosh, that was a good run, everybody. That was a good run. I couldn't have done it without you listeners. I want to thank you first. I want to thank Mike. Thank you. Gosh, that was great. All right, good night, everybody. Woo! (laughs) I'm out of here. Oh, man, that was a good run, Mike. Mm, Linguistics. Oh, mm. now I got to give you the fun fact. Fun fact about our five-star listener location. This week, Richardson, Texas. Hmm. So Richardson, Texas, Mike, right right there in Dallas. It's literally like in Dallas proper. Uh, okay. It was a dry city until 2006. Wow. That's wild, especially for Texas. Yeah, right? You think saloons? You think yeah. whiskey? No. None of that. Up until 2006, they were listening to Britney Spears hit me baby one more time with no alcohol. That was a dry, dry hit me baby one more time. Gosh, it's tough, Mike. Tough in Richardson, Texas. Now, though, they have been drunk for 17 years. So congratulations, Richardson, Texas. Yeah, just constantly, just constantly. That would explain why they listen to our show regularly. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate it, five-star listeners. We definitely do. We appreciate all the listens. Mike, four-star listeners. Shout out. You know, this has been pretty regular. They've been getting it, and we appreciate it. Walnut Creek, California. Shout out to you guys. You know, Walnut Creek right up there near the Bay Area. Shout out. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee, of course. Shout out to you guys. Shout out. Boston, Massachusetts. Shout out to you guys. Waycross. Waycross, Georgia. Shout out to you guys. Darien, Connecticut. I think I'm saying that right. I don't think I could screw it up. Darien, Connecticut. Uh, 
Anderson, South Carolina. Shout out to you guys. Greensboro, North Carolina. Maybe my aunt. Shout out to you if it is. <laughs> aunt Debbie, shout out to you. Uh, Holland, Wisconsin. Shout out to you guys. O-Town, Orlando, Florida. Shout out to you guys. Portland, Oregon. Shout out to you guys. Keep it weird up there. Bar Harbor, Maine, Mike. Oof. Oof. Bar Harbor. Yeah, don't want to deal with those temps. No, thank you. Definitely no. not a dry city there. Bar Harbor? Yes. Ah. <laughs> all, right. All, right. <laughs> all right. All right. Or definitely not a city Ben would live in because it's cold. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Belfast, Ireland. Also, definitely not a dry city, mainly because <laughs> it's obvious. Uh, Carrollton, Texas. And lastly, another place that I could not live because I would die from the cold immediately, Duluth, Minnesota. Yikes. Yikes, Dude. guys. Duluth is known for just icy, cold winters in the Midwest. Mm. Yikes. Anyways, thanks to all the listens. We appreciate it to all of you. Very happy that you're listening to the show. Mike, I got a couple of stories that I did not get to. Um, one, Mike, very interesting story right here. Uh, scientists have developed a toothpaste that actually helps people that suffer from peanut allergies reduce the reaction risk to peanuts. Mm. Yeah. And it's very, work? very successful. Apparently, it binds with the immunoglobulins in your saliva, Mike. Oh, the yeah. immunoglobulins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike, I'm no marketing executive, but they may want to call that an allergy medicine. Mm. Maybe not toothpaste, <clears throat> you know? I'm just saying. It's like, a two-in-one. Yeah, like but, you know, make it, conditioner. make it the other way. <laughs> You know, make it allergy oh, okay. medicine that also can you you can brush your teeth with, you know, because that's the big selling point. Mm -hmm. the The tooth decay crest has got that covered. You don't mm -hmm. you don't need that. You know, I'm just saying. Just think about it, guys. But it is really cool. Luckily, I don't. Yeah, have, that is cool. Luckily, I don't have that allergy. That'd be horrible. I love peanuts. Yeah, that would. Yeah, um. Mike, interesting uh, tour going on in the U.S., not Taylor Swift. Nope. Uh, this tour, little less music, little more um, Catholicism. What? I don't know. Uh, the U.S., Mike, has the upcoming tour, nine months. It's the first time St. Jude's Arm is leaving Italy and making a tour. Word. Don't know if you well, knew that. Arm. No. Yeah. What? His arm? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like his arm mm -hmm. just is going to go around. The bone of a man said to be Jesus Christ's cousin, St. Jude, okay. who's regarded as the saint of lost causes and desperate situations, Mike, has gone on tour. Hmm. Or at least his, his, his arm bone has. So... You can you can go check out what they did, Mike. Back in the day, apparently the the person they claim is Saint Jude. Uh, they claim they you know they they found him when he died, uh, and his arm was placed his uh, his bone was placed in a wooden carving shaped like a priest hand, giving a blessing. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. And now folks are going to make their way to see the arm bone uh, and ask for miracles from the bone. Uh, yeah. I think I'll just go see King Tut. Is he still doing the tour? I don't, I, I'm not sure if he's still on tour. But you remember that? I do remember that. King Tut, and then you had Titanic the next week. He doesn't really have any <laughs> miracles, though, Mike. I mean, no. not that I know of. King Tut, you know? But I was thinking about, as far as St. Jude, as far as, the, you know, the miracles, I was like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be easier to sell this idea if it was St. Jude's ear? Like, mm. I get that it's hard to preserve an ear, but it seemed like to me that an old arm bone would be hard to actually hear your your miracles, you know? Yeah. You know? And, like, I mean, you know, if that's the case, why don't you just yell them out where you're at and throw them into the <laughs> ether, you know? Yeah. I guess that's the whole Protestant Reformation. Regardless, Mike, seems a little bit wild, but if you want to see an arm bone from, uh, from St. Jude... It's going to be out there, listeners, so... That's cool. Yeah, get out there. I mean, I'm it. good, but I'm not... <laughs> but, uh, you know, it sounds... Get sounds out there. See an arm bone. <laughs> see, an, uh, see an arm bone. Mike! Do you have any other good bones, or is that just it? That's is it. it. That's the one. Uh-huh. That is the one. It'd be pretty cool if they had, like, you know, a hip bone. That'd be pretty yeah. dope. A vertebrae. Ooh. Mm. Oh, they're odd-shaped. You know, that'd be fun. <laughs> Anyways, Mike... We are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Mia X Alley right here on the Doc G Show. Hey, what's up? This is Rock Montana. This is Mucho Yellow. And it's Rock and Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show. From 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very excited to be happening, welcoming Mia Asano and Allie Crowley Duncan, better known as Mia X Allie, who just released their album, The Viral Hits, and are currently touring. They'll be in Knoxville, Tennessee on the 15th, Nashville on the 17th, and Atlanta on the 18th. Ladies, how's it going? Hi, thanks for having us. We're doing great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, you guys have already done a good amount of shows on the tour, including uh, Halloween. You guys were in Charleston, uh, where you uh, you guys were you were the Scooby-Doo gang. Uh, yes. Did you, did you do that on stage? Were you Scooby-Doo the whole time, the Scooby-Doo gang? We have a costume change mid-show, so wow. we were... We were Scooby-Doo for the first half of the show, and then the second half, we just kind of went a little bit more spooky. Yeah, we were vampires and stuff. Yeah. Costume change in the middle of the show? That seems tough. You know, we have a short intermission, um, you know, that kind of separates. The first half of the show is more um, movie TV themes and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, popular songs, and the second half of the show is more Celtic rock. So we like to differentiate it with that little break in the middle. Nice, nice. Well, you guys also did our hometown here, Jacksonville. and Oh, yeah. Hold up, so. I got to ask, being the home of Freebird, 
how was the how was the song received in the home of Freebird? It was received so well. People were, I mean, people were just so excited. People were screaming it like crazy. They were and it, the energy was really high for sure. Yeah, they loved it. It was really fun, and it was definitely um, very special to be able to play it in in its birthplace. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, you guys are you're, you're hitting. I mean, it's 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 a busy tour. You, you're literally playing 12 different states in less than a month's time, 19 shows in less than a month. Uh, and I was wondering, is there any, is there, I know you guys have toured a bunch, each of you. Uh, are there any states on the list or places that you haven't been yet? There are a lot of places we haven't been yet. Uh, like today, we're going to be seeing New Orleans for the first time. And then we have our New Orleans show tomorrow night. And so we're particularly really excited about that. Um, I've always wanted to get out and do shows in Texas. Um, so because uh, I'm from the Northeast, uh, I've primarily seen the Northeast and performed in that kind of realm. So it's exciting for me to get down south. Yeah, and I, I haven't spent a lot of time down south either. Um, I've spent a little bit of time in Georgia and Nashville. Um, but other than that, a lot of these are very new states for me as well. And we've been loving it so far. And you know, people have been really friendly to us. The weather's been nice. So it's been really great um, checking out the south. There's always interesting things you don't see coming in the South. That's for sure. Uh, and I'll definitely say New Orleans. You can see some things. That is a that is a city that you can see some curveballs in. So hopefully you get some time. I'm guess, I'm guessing there's not a ton of time that you have to to sightsee. Today is the day off. Um, we don't have a lot of days off, so we're uh, pretty much after this. We're actually going to go into the city and. Um, check it out and try to try to listen to some good music and eat some good food man so i'm just holding you guys up i'm sorry uh that's my that's no, my you're not, you're not, <laughs> not at all. well uh i mean performance in general as far as just uh, playing nothing new to either of you guys you've been playing both of you have been playing for a really long time i mean uh me you started when you were five uh mm -hmm. it, do you remember like your your first real deal performance my first real deal performance was I was in Denver um, and it was at a fashion show and I didn't I was in high school I was like 15 years old and so I like I didn't know um, how to like perform I'd never gotten a gig before and so they just asked me to come play two songs at the intermission of this fashion show I get there and there's like 600 people in the audience and like photographers and magazines and I was like oh my gosh and like aerial dancers behind me and they put my face on the big screen and. I was on stage and I was like oh my gosh I want to do this more and I, I loved that moment and so that really kind of started my journey as like a performing musician and then I tried to get as many gigs as I could after that. Yeah, that would probably tell you that that was for you. For me, I probably would have just froze up and completely forgot what I was saying. Huh? Oh God, there's things everywhere. What do I do? Yeah, be a lot better. <laughs> um, well, Allie, you were, you were older uh, with the pipes. You didn't start until around uh, 13, but do you remember the first performance that you did? Yeah, so I have been a musician since I was really little. Yeah. Um, I until I was a teenager, but um, I have always just kind of navigated or gravitated towards situations where I was performing in front of an audience. Um, my dad's a race car driver, so I actually started by singing the national anthem as like a little tiny thing um, uh, to start off all the races and things like that. Um, and so from a really young age, I knew that I was comfortable in front of an audience, mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't until later and bagpipes, you know, it's not typically a rock star kind of instrument. So I started doing a lot of more intimate, uh, intimate kind of ceremonies and things like that. And I performed for a lot of our local politicians in New York. 
Um, and then it wasn't until I started my own band in high school, we were a rock cover band, that I started to realize that kind of like getting into that style was a bit more what I, I wanted to lean toward in the nice. future. Well, I, I was wondering, you know, when you started Bagpipes uh, at that age, I mean, you know, you start uh, 13-ish around that age, you're obviously worried about, most kids are worried about fitting in, being cool as they can, and, you know, no offense, historically, bagpipes aren't usually the thing that people go towards to be cool, right? It's not the thing that people just go into high school like, well, I'm going to play these pipes. This is what I'm going to do. Were you thinking, like, I'm going to turn the perception, or did you just not care what people thought as far as bagpipes? Well, I, I specifically gravitated toward the pipes because I, I wanted to connect with the heritage that I'd been adopted into, so it had a lot of meaning for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I already wasn't, you know, uh, popularity and fitting in was never really my um, my goal. My senior quote, we were just talking about this in the van, was um, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, so one of my favorite quotes for my whole life because um, I've always been like a little a little different. Uh, so I wasn't too worried about that, but I was fortunate to learn in a youth bagpipe band. So there were other people my age who were learning alongside me, um, and they became my friends and competitors. And by letting myself be outside the box, I was able to do some really crazy things like compete on a global scale, go to Scotland, um, miss school events to go like fly to Vancouver and do this really cool competition and, and meet people who appreciated me for what I was doing. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, me, I heard your your parents gave you the choice of either piano, guitar, or violin when you first started learning. And I was wondering, was that was that like you wanted to learn an instrument? And they're like, you have these three, or was it more like a musical servitude? Like you have to choose an instrument, choose one. Um, that's a really good question. They, my parents have always been extremely supportive of me and my music. They're actually flying out to see our St. Louis show, nice. um, which is also awesome say. Um, so, you know, they've come to every gig, they've supported every lesson. Um, and, you know, but it wasn't just music. They've also been really supportive of just me, like finding hobbies, um, you know, outside of academics. And so when I was really young, I think they just wanted me to try out a bunch of different things to see what I like. Um, so, you know, I was doing like soccer and theater and dance and like all these different, you know, I always gravitated, gravitated more towards the arts mm-hmm. personally. Um, uh, and thank goodness I did. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I think I expressed interest in um, playing a musical instrument of some sort. And they just um, looked around for what lessons were available and guitar, piano and violin are the most common ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so grateful they gave me the choice. They didn't just stick me in you know, a lot lessons in an instrument that maybe I w- wouldn't have been interested in. And um, I think I naturally gravita- gravitated towards the violin, and I'm so grateful that I was given that choice because I made the right choice. Seemed to work out. Seemed to work out. Uh, Pretty well. I, I heard both parents love the uh, the piano. Were they, were they a little bummed as far as initially that you didn't choose the piano? Like, ah, oh, all right, violin, okay. Piano runs in my family. My, uh, my dad is a pianist. I've um, every night growing up, I would l- fall asleep listening to him practicing Gershwin. Uh, and then my grandma, his mom, was the uh, piano professor at the University of Puget Sound. Um, and so, you know, piano kind of does run in the family. And my mom also plays piano and guitar. Uh, so I did pick the one instrument that neither of them knew how to play. But when I was really young, my mom actually took violin lessons with me to start out. So I was five. 
So we show up to lessons together and that helps me kind of transition into it. And then eventually she stopped and I continued. Nice. Supportive, like you said, supportive. Uh, well, you you went to Berkeley School of Music and I've I've stopped keeping count of how many Berkeley graduates we've had on the program. We've been lucky enough, you know, we've, I don't know, it's got to be at least 30 or so that we've had on the show. Steve Vai, I guess, being one of the, the biggest there of, of folks. But it's it's the best of the best. Uh, and I've said it before on the show. It's uh, to me, it's always what I think of is the Xavier School for uh, gifted youngsters. Except everybody's mutation is just being insanely good at music in some way. <laughs> like that's like I, that's what I imagine in my head. Everybody's just walking around with these superpowers and is like, "Hey, watch this!" And you're like, "Holy crap! How did you do that?" Like you know, that's what I sort of see. Um, but I heard you. I heard you talk about how you actually got sort of, you had imposter syndrome, you said, at, at one point while you were there. How does someone like you that is as talented as you are, like, is it is it professors, like, trying to knock you? How does how does that happen at Berkeley? Um, it, it's tricky, and both of us have experienced imposter syndrome. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of part of the deal as a professional musician. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're right with what you said, like you go to Berkeley or any music school, like both of us went, were music majors in college. Um, and you're surrounded by people that are as good as you or better. And you're surrounded by people that are in, interested in the same things as you um, and are having success in the same field as you. And so you do start to question yourself sometimes because you want to, um, you know, hold your own when you're surrounded by so much talent. And so, um, you know, you see other people that, you know, are just incredible musicians and you, you want to impress them. At least I did. And, um, you know, I realized after struggling pretty intensely with imposter syndrome for a couple of years, uh, one day I was in a practice room, like having a, a little cry because that's what you do in the practice rooms. And I realized suddenly I've been spending the last two years trying to impress musicians instead of playing music that I love. Um, and so during the pandemic is when I actually started making TikTok videos in an effort to overcome that imposter syndrome and just make music that I love and post it on the internet for me. Um, you know, just exercise of I love making videos, I love recording, and I love playing pop rock and metal. Um, and then within three days, one of them went viral, and I met Allie, and the rest is history. Well, hey, it goes to what Allie was saying earlier as far as her favorite quote. You, know, you weren't you weren't conforming. You, know, you wanted to be what you wanted to be. Worked out very well um and Allie, you 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 had a different college experience you went to edinburgh university there and you actually you did classical piano voice and bagpipes and uh you were the second bagpipe major at the school uh did did you ever meet the first bagpipe major yes <laughs> yes he was the professor's son oh okay <laughs> nice nice I'm good friends with the whole family. Um, but yes, I did. I get, got to meet him. I've actually, in the States, I'm the first woman to ever graduate with a bagpipe degree. Nice. Um, which is um, When I was in high school picking universities, um, I listed out my, you know, as a, an aspiring musician, my big ones, the Eastmans and the Berkeleys of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them offered bagpipes as an opportunity. Uh, so there were only three schools in the country where I could pursue a performance opportunity. Um, and then still study the bagpipes. And I knew that if I went to one of those schools, um, I would have been pigeonholed into something that wasn't the bagpipe. I would have had to choose. Um, I played a lot of instruments when I was in school and I love being versatile and being a multi-instrumentalist was really important to me. Um, 
And so I wanted to go to a place where I could still do all of the things that I was passionate about, which was voice, piano, and bagpipes at the time. Um, so I chose to go the route of a smaller school where I could have a little bit more freedom um, to, to do those things. And I'm really grateful that I did. I met a lot of really great people out there. Um, and then my professors were incredible as well. My piano professor, um, Beth Etter, she plays harpsichord. And that's, um, it gave me the opportunity to learn a lot more about, you know, chamber music and, and kind of like more niche instrumentation, which obviously is what I do as well, but with woodwinds. Nice. So, yeah, that's yeah. college life. Yeah, did you, did you, it seems like you saw yourself more going like the teaching route after college. Is that what you you saw yourself doing instead of performing? Initially, um, I think as musicians, we're kind of uh, told that our options are limited. Um, very rarely will your professors and your teachers while you're growing up tell you that being a rock star is a, is a valid career opportunity, especially when you're playing instruments that are traditional in nature. Um, and so when I was when I was getting through my degree, um, teaching was going to be my my way of doing music, um, but still making an income. So my mm-hmm. plan was to become a college professor. So I was actually about to go to Boston University for my theory master's, um, and that was going to be plan A. Um, and I'm just really grateful that I was given the opportunity to kind of shift into a performance route because that's, of course, where my passions have always lied. Plan B sounds better. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, you, uh, you guys, you, you mentioned it as far as, uh, going viral and you guys both had sort of the, a similar situation. It's COVID. You don't really have your typical outlets. You, uh, for, for Mia, you wanted to, you know, get that creativity out and you guys both post videos on TikTok, And, and I mean, both of you, it, it, it seems like, I mean, it's, it's a video and in a day, You've got a couple million views and like a hundred thousand new followers, uh, and you know I was just thinking about that. I'm like, that's a hundred thousand followers in 24 hours. Our show has gone for the opposite approach. We've gained 24 followers in a hundred thousand hours. It's not nearly as exciting, but uh, I just think when like that that amount that notoriety in that short a time has to be such a bizarre feeling. Like, to you, Allie, what did you do? Like, when you look at your phone and you go, huh, a hundred, like, what do you do the next day when you find out you have a hundred, like, this giant platform all of a sudden? Well, mine was a little bit of a steadier growth pattern. I didn't have just, like, a massively mega viral video, and then there were people the very next day. Um, I had a few videos get close to a million um, over the course of a couple months. Mm -hmm. Um, So... For me, it was about three months of kind of posting these kind of like medium level viral videos before I had one go like mega viral. Um, So I feel like my brain was maybe a little bit prepped for it. Um, It is still wild, though. I mean, when you're used to getting 100 views on a video that you just kind of throw up on TikTok and then the next day there are 100,000 of them. I think any number over 3,000 becomes just not conceptual in the human um, so you're just seeing it happen and it just keeps going and going and going and going and going. Um, and it's a little overwhelming. Um, uh, and if you think about it for too long, it can throw you into chaos, but 
um, I saw opportunity. And so I started reading the comments, which was for good and for bad. Um, but I started reading the comments um, and seeking out the good ones and seeking out the ones that could be future opportunities as well, such as the re requests and the questions and the curiosities that people were having. My experience on the app has been that so many people have never even seen the bagpipes before. And so in my videos, it's the first time they're seeing it and they don't understand what they're seeing and they have a lot of questions about it. And that gives me a, a space to, to bring people in. Nice, nice. Mia, how did you deal with that? viral reaction well yeah my situation was different like i had been posting just for a few days um and i i just was following the trends um that was my idea that i had like oh okay there's all these tiktok trends i'll just do those trends but on violin so there's this trend where you like you're supposed to use this song called roses by saint john and it's like use this song on your video and then your video will go viral so i like instead of standing there and doing nothing which was the trend i like covered the song and you know played i made the video in like 20 minutes went to tj maxx with my friend uh by the time i left tj maxx i the video had like 36,000 views and i was like that's weird and by the end of the night i had two million views and i woke up the next morning with a hundred thousand followers and i i was at trader joe's when it happened and i like cried um and because that was such a number that like i thought that was the number i was going to be aspiring towards for my whole career like yeah. to me that was a round number that was really like really significant and then to have just achieved that in one night um did kind of throw me into chaos because i was like oh my gosh like that's the thing that i've always wanted um like now what yeah. uh and you know now that video has over 10 million views uh and it's the one that like kind of sparked everything for me so um it took me a while to kind of get used to that and also to get over that feeling of because once you have that level of virality that soon um, you're always kind of chasing that feeling yeah. and anything that gets 10 million views isn't good enough um and so i had to kind of do a lot of self-work to to come back to like oh yeah i'm just doing this because i love the music i'm doing this because i want to express myself and my authenticity um, it doesn't matter how many views it gets and i really was able to get over that and focus just on the music and so my next um viral moment was the wellerman sea shanty mm -hmm. um and that was me coming back to the music that i secretly loved which was celtic music um that happened to be going viral and that's how i met ali is we both were covering that song and uh, became aware of each other and mutual friends um and so i really owe a lot to to that and and again it's it's being authentic to yourself that has given me every single opportunity I've ever had. Um, so I just try to keep that in my heart. Well, you, you mentioned it as far as, as, as meeting uh, Allie. I'm, I'm guessing that was over social media to start with, right? Absolutely, yeah. We it, were fans of each other. Nice. Now, and now, how long did it take before you guys were like, we, we, need, to, we need to jam in person. This needs to happen. So the Wellerman Sea Shanty was going viral in February, and then I had a gig in Boston for a Barstool Sports event um, in March. <laughs> so it didn't take too long. Um, I knew that Mia was living down there at the time because she was attending Berkeley, and so I reached out and I said, hey, I'm coming to Boston. I'll be staying over overnight. I don't know if you're free or not, but it would be really cool if we could meet in person and maybe try to make some content and actually just like meet each other. Because um, that would be great. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yes, absolutely. Come to my apartment. And so we went to her apartment, filmed six videos in that day. And most of them did go viral. Um, some of them led to what we're doing on our album. And they're all on the set list on our tour. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and kind of the 
you know, origin story of, of the Mia X Alley duo project. But so then pretty shortly we went, we did a tour with a good friend of ours and that was the first time we played together live. And that's where the magic like really happened. Like people loved us online, but we realized in that moment, there's like this really intense, like musical chemistry and energy between us on stage. Uh, and the audience could feel it and we could feel it and we were like, oh my gosh, there's something more here than just like virtual collaborations and, and social media. Like we want to play together live. And that's where the idea for our band really got sparked. Yeah. Nice, nice. So you, I mean, you felt a cohesiveness the first time you guys met, but it, it, it really sparked on stage. I think it's hard to tell when you're doing something virtually um, and you're not there's a, a very different feeling when you're performing in front of an audience because the audience's energy feeds through you and what you make that into is just something magical. Um, and so to be able to do that with another person as well is just like a whole different ball game. So we, it'll like never leave my brain. We were at our friend's show and there was a portion where she had me go out into the audience um, and I played from there. And so without really planning it, beforehand Mia and I did a call and response and we were trading while Mia was on the stage and I was out in the audience so I played the beginning of it was the halo theme um, and I just played the beginning of it and I stopped and she played the next part of the musical phrase and then I went and then she went and then we went into the song um, and then the whole band joined with us and it was just very beautiful and like it felt like we were just having a conversation that we've had a million times before but it was the first Nice. It was amazing, and we like have so much. Like we call each other like musical soulmates because like I've really never had this type of connection with anyone. And you know, even in real life, we're always like saying the same thing at the same time, or like thinking the same thing at the same time. And like to the point where our band is like freaked out by it, um, and it translates musically as well. And that's why like I think we've been able to have so much. Like we've been able to make so much content in such a short amount of time. Like we made our album in under six months, you know, and that's not usually how that happens. Yeah. But we just have been throughout the entire process and so equally passionate about the project um that it just happened so naturally and it just made sense um so yeah it, it took a lot of hard work of course but um it's yeah. really easy to work together because mm -hmm. we have the same vision nice now, well, yeah, now i mean you mentioned it a little bit is there is there how much improvisation would you say you have in the show like that do you do you do you riff a lot is there a lot of jam band sort of idea or is it uh pretty formulated the show itself and the set list is formulated um, because we just have so much, um, so many shows and so little time um, in between them. Um, but there are definitely moments through the show. I mean, we're human beings and we're musicians and like things will get fumbled. And uh, our goal is, of course, for the audience to never know that. Um, but there's a moment early on as well when we play the Game of Thrones theme, which is the first song that we ever released together Mia did all of the strings for that song on my album which was like really really special that was before we decided we were going to take this and make a duo project um so we play that live and there's always like it's always different every single show we're just kind of like listening to each other it's the fourth song in our set so it really uh sets the stage for us to kind of like brain meld mind meld early on during the show um and so we kind of like trade off on some like different musical phrases and things like that and um harmonize with each other just like on the spot playing different melodies than we had the night before it's nice to have that amount of freedom and both of us have um training in lots of different genres of music including jazz like ali's a saxophone player and um berkeley is a jazz school so uh we both have a lot of 
um, improv skills as well, and that's really served us well, um, both like if we're messing up, or but also like when we're composing together, and that's mm -hmm. our, a goal for our, this, us to write original music, and it comes so naturally already because we're always like improvising little me melodies and stuff together. Yes. Well, yeah, most of the music that we play is not really meant for our instruments to begin with, mm -hmm. um, and the bagpipes having a limited scale, um, there is some creativity that goes into it and so we have to work around a lot of hurdles whether that's changing the key or um, changing the structure so that it still sounds complete um, without being able to get to some uh, notes out of the range and so there's definitely a lot of um, a lot of writing and a lot of arranging outside of just kind of transcribing the original song to instruments that it was written for yeah so we make it our own I'm guessing the rest of the the band is is capable of handling these improvisations when they happen right they're 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 ready to go on them they're amazing yeah these boys are so talented um our drummer dom aka dom Rosa rosario marafa the third mm. and wow. then are um yeah they the boys have lots of names um <laughs> we just call them the lads and they are so amazing um and you know they have our back every night musically and emotionally um they just you know, give us a lot of love um, on and off the stage, and they're incredible musicians. We're really lucky to have them. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Also, both Berkeley grads, mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, they're they're very very competent in every aspect of life. I genuinely believe they might be superhuman, <laughs> um, but we're just lucky to we're definitely lucky to have them with us. Mm -hmm. As well as our sound engineer Riley and our tour manager Jocelyn, like the whole team we've built is amazing. Um, we're really grateful to have them on the road with us. Nice. Nice. Well, now, I mean, obviously, you guys have been getting good feedback from the audience. And that that's a that's a shift from uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, uh, being in the in the uh, social media influencer world, you know, obviously have to deal with the, uh, the the trolls and the the haters on there. And uh, which which is amazing to me that there's actually people out there that waste their time doing those things. Uh, it's still like, it, it, oh, it, it never ceases to amaze me. I love, I mean, I don't love doing it. It actually sort of makes me hurt. But like I go through sometimes videos and I'm just like, what? Why? What? Why? Why would you do that? But um, Allie, you probably have the most notable exchange where a dude uh, let you know that bagpipes don't belong in a Metallica and uh, James wouldn't approve and uh, not only did Metallica respond, but they responded in five minutes. They shut the dude down in five. I was amazed at the speed with which Metallica swooped in on this. <laughs> that I was just like, what? Were they setting just watching your page? Just like, nope, I'm not taking that at all. Like, I was just like, I was blown away. But like, how did, how did that feel being the person that all of a sudden this, this group that's been around, you know, for since... 81 uh jumping in and and uh, saying ad no we we like her music shut up <laughs> yeah it was it was really sweet and i i shared a screenshot of, of just the initial response but it did go a little bit deeper than that as well i i thanked them for for standing up for me on the post and they responded back again and um it, it was a really special moment obviously for me but for my instrument in general which really is super special to me the bagpipes get a lot of negative um, press 
Uh, and so for a big band like Metallica to stand up for a smaller artist, but also for this kind of niche and stigmatized instrument was really special. Um, they shared that at the beginning of every single one of their shows, they play It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC, which of course has an iconic bagpipe solo, which is like the first time in music history where the bagpipes were really featured in that way. Um, and so they were like, no, this is like ridiculous. <laughs> that somebody's doing this. But yeah, it felt really special. Um, they had reposted one of my videos in the past, Fade to Black, on their TikTok account. And so we've actually worked that into the show and we play that together, which is a really special moment. And it comes at a really important part of the show as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, really? it's a really, it's a really, we were on a Zoom meeting talking about tour when that interaction happened. Um, so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> And then I took a screenshot, posted it, and I didn't really think much of it. Um, and then I didn't expect it to go viral, the screenshot. Yeah. But um, a lot of really great supporters in. Um, yeah. It, it amazes me. I, I guess the dude that wrote the comment, like, I just, I'm like, did you not like? Did you not think of the band you're talking about? The the band that's taken enormous people since the '80s. I mean, like that. You know, you think about their career. They they got a whole bunch of crap because of Fade to Black because it was a power ballad. And then they got a bunch of crap because of the Black album wasn't thrash metal. And then they get a bunch of crap because they made an album with the San Francisco Symphony. And you're like, you think that band's going to be jazzed about you being like, oh, bagpipes don't belong. Like, just Yeah, Metallica is not really known to be gatekeepy. Um, and so I don't know why that was the moment that this guy chose. But he did try to argue with them. And it was actually, it was it was funny, but also really upsetting because he decided to target um, some of their addictions and their drinking issues from the past. And he was like really doubling down and he got really nasty. And that's really upsetting uh, for me and for everybody. And uh, fortunately, TikTok swooped in and his account got banned. Yeah. So good. Double yeah uh, <laughs> good good that's the way it, that's the way that should uh end um well uh back back to the 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 tour here uh you guys uh you've already toured before together this is the the second time around and i noticed that uh, uh squishmallows uh they seem to be uh a bit of an accession dare i say oh 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 yep Yep, there's it's an obsession. It's a necessity. It's a necessity. Okay. Um, have you got more on this tour, Allie? How many? Yes. Okay. okay. That's not out, out, outlandish. We're trying. We're trying. Uh, we started with one. Started with one. We're trying to keep ourselves under control because we do have an extra person in the van this time, and we have a lot of extra merchandise and things like that because our tour is twice as long as the last one. So. We're exhibiting as much self-control as possible. Also, we just haven't seen them in the gas stations in the South. So, <laughs> not, so we did not as available. Okay. Okay. We got three and we had one specially delivered from New Jersey um, yeah. to our New York show. Yeah. So. It's, it's really nice because they, they're just like basically pillows. So to have them in the van, like, you know, and it's an uncomfortable van. Uh, and, you know, yesterday we drove some. So to have like a lot of pillows available at all times is actually really nice. That's the main reason. Um, also, they're very cute. <laughs> and he's like the most metal squish model they have. So um, I bring him everywhere with me. He comes, he travels with me all over, um, and he's the perfect little pillow. Yeah, they're, they're 
And our team, they may like roll their eyes at it at first, but <laughs> as, but as soon as they fall asleep, you know that there's a squishmallow under their face. Mm. Yeah, every time without fail. Yeah, because oh. we've been I've like I've been forcing everyone. I started just sending them to Allie to force her to love squishmallows, and now the two of us give them to people together. Uh, now you're spreading the word. You're spreading the gospel. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, the new the new album there, the viral hits that you made uh, uh, that you made and released, like you mentioned, they're they're all they're all covers on the album. Um, so how did you? And you said it came together in about six months. How did you go about sort of recording this together? Was this sort of a syncing up, meeting up in a, a you know central location every couple of weeks, or what what went on? We recorded one song in person with our band. Um, everything else, all of the, of the other seven were recorded virtually from our homes. And we worked with different producers on every song uh, for this album. A lot of producers that are, are good friends of ours. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the whole album, you know, it sounds very cohesive overall, but you can also tell the difference in people's styles. And we really love that it's kind of like a conglomeration of like a lot of different things because all the songs are different genres as well you know we go from like devil went down to georgia and freebird to through the fire and flames to like cliffs of dover uh to an anime theme like you know it's, it's yeah. all over the map um and the thing that makes it cohesive is it's the two of us the whole time nice no i gotta i i think i gotta say I, i'm the biggest i'm biggest fan of cliffs of dover it's uh I mean, I love the original, obviously, and I, I just love the way that your instruments sort of play those melodies. Like, it just plays so well. Um, Thank you. That's, and it's, yeah. it's really special playing that one together. Like, that was actually one of the most fun ones for us to arrange and is where our mind meld really came into play because it was the last one that we recorded. Uh, and we were trying to figure out the ending. We were trying to figure out, like, who's going to take what spot where because, um, you know, certain moments of it are more bagpipe-friendly or violin-friendly than others. Um, so figuring that out together just came so naturally to us. And then right at the end, we were like, oh, what are we going to do for an ending? And, like, over voice message in, like, 15 minutes, we, like, kind of were saying and singing ideas to each other. And then I went and recorded something really quick, sent it to Allie. She was like, oh, I like that. What about this? And then we just kind of together recorded it and I was in New Jersey and she was in New York you know like we completely remotely still felt like we were in the room together um yeah. and that's the magic of our process and how we how we work it's that's an unreal experience um and I've obviously being on social media and collaborating virtually like we've both gotten to work with so many people and the process is never like that <laughs> it's a little chaotic and I feel like if you're watching it from the outside you'd be like what just happened yeah it worked it worked well, and now we have we have some songs to show for, yeah. So we're we we make it work, and we're doing a good job. Yeah, oh, it's 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 always impressive to see that, like you said, sort of that soulmate music sort of connection that you you have. I, I remember we had uh, Charlie Starr on the show from Blackberry Smoke, and he had that with one of the writers that he used to always write with, and they would just they would just send things back to each other, back and forth, like you said, voicemails of like a song and then the other would write some things on it and then they'd send it back and it was just like and other people would ask him like how do you do what how how does that work and they're like it does i don't i don't know how to tell you it works for us it does if you think we're that powerful like remotely just imagine like what it'll be like when we put our heads together for our original album like we're talking about just like getting a cabin in the woods somewhere for a week and just writing 
and like it's gonna be a really really magical experience very nice so right now that that was gonna actually be my next question right now do you just have sort of ideas you're just sort of core uh, you know just sort of gathering ideas as far as that original stuff so that you guys can do that have square away that time to really work on it together yeah we both write original music um on our on our own and we're uh, actually playing a lot of our originals in our set mm -hmm. um and that's already something we like have a lot of experience with separately uh, and then together when we do these improvisations and stuff like you know we've had a lot of experience with writing together and arranging together and like a lot of moments in the album that you might might be different from what you've heard on the original track like those are things we've written together very specifically um, the entire solo section in through the fire and flame yeah that to me was the first time where we really got to like do our own thing yeah. in a long form way and it's it's so fun like it's entirely like we completely crafted our solos out of yeah. thin air um, but still had to like collaborate with each other to make them work next to each other. Yeah. And so that gave me a taste of what it's going to be like when we're writing. Totally. Because it goes like my solo and then Ali's solo and then a moment where we're together. Mm -hmm. And that was, we wrote that together. And that's, that's something that like we based it off of like the original Dragon Force lick. And then we just created it into something new. Um, same with like in the bridge of Iridium, which is on our album. Like there's like a bunch of moments where, and in Clips of Dover as well, like we have some moments. So, um, you know, we've written together, but never full length stuff, but we like what we've written together so far. And so we just want to expand that and also write for the kinds of shows that we want to be playing because all the songs that we've written, like, or that we've um, arranged and that are on our album are not, with the exception of two, but they're not like written for our instruments. So we had to kind of adapt them. So we're really excited to see what it's going to be like to play music that we wrote specifically for our instruments. We don't have to change the key. We don't have to like modify the the harmonies of the notes we're just writing it based on our knowledge of our instruments yeah for sure now are you are you planning on making it sort of a, a particular genre or are you just gonna let it go is it is it gonna be like celtic rock or is it gonna be whatever hits you i think it's going to be whatever it's meant to be and we're gonna let it tell us as we continue to to process it i think uh as a musician you kind of just have to write like whatever comes out of you and then it kind of forms itself on the way out. Mm -hmm. um, and in my experience, forcing it back into a genre doesn't always, doesn't always work as fluidly. And we don't fit in one genre. Like, you know, people try to pigeonhole us into Celtic rock um, because of the types of instruments. Like, especially with, you know, you hear bagpipes and people like are like Celtic music. Mm -hmm. um, but that's so like not necessarily the only thing we do. And like so much of what we do is trying to show that our instruments belong in many, many different genres, any genre we want. Um, and we both have such extensive training in all these other genres of music. So it's going to be really exciting to see kind of what comes out and like, and how it evolves. Yeah. Um, you know, of course we love Celtic music and we're both classically trained and that has a huge influence in our music. Um, and there's other stuff we do too, including rock and metal and jazz and so many other things. Yeah. Yeah, well, now, are you, uh, Ali, you, you play tons of instruments. Are you going to plan on throwing in other instruments? Or, again, are you going to see what, what hits you when you're recording and writing? Yeah, I think we're just going to have to see what happens. On our album, I play a bunch of different types of Irish and Celtic whistles, mm -hmm. um, and those are in a bunch of the tracks. And then I also play small pipes, which is uh, just a different type of bagpipe. 
Um, and then of course, like my main instrument is the big Highland bagpipe, but I love whenever possible to throw in some of these other Celtic instruments um, and play them kind of around and dancing around the main instrument. She's also an amazing singer and that was really fun being able to sing together on Devil yeah. Madonna, Georgia. Um, that one's a really fun one to do. And vocals are, are, even though our main thing is instrumental and we love creating instrumental music, you know, we add vocals in from time to time as well. Nice, nice. Well, uh, I mean, is that, the the next thing on the the uh, to do list on the calendar for you guys is the uh, original album, or do you have other things in the plans? Well, we've got a couple other big tours. Um, we want to make sure that we get this album, we get this show out to the entire United States um, and then Canada. Canada. Um, so we want to make sure we do that um and and get it out to all the different areas and then we're going to start working on that original music Man. yeah but first we're doing a january leg of our tour and then this hasn't been announced yet but we're we're taking the tour to the west coast um in february march and we're really excited about that i've seen i've seen a lot of comments saying come out to the west coast so people Look. are really mad that yet and so we're, we're doing it finally and and canada you're planning on going to canada as well in January, we um, those dates are already on our website. We're doing, um, you know, Montreal, Toronto. We're really excited. Ooh. And you chose, you went, you went, you went uh, January for Canada. No, thank you. Mm, pass. First is stage, so he's gonna prepare us for the weather, and we're gonna hope for the best. Oh, being be in Florida, I can't, uh, below 50, I can't handle it. I would instantly die. So uh, that's, uh, yeah. Mm -mm. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the, can uh, the Canadians will be very happy that you're, you're coming their way. Warm up their, their winter with fantastic music. Um, Allie, Mia, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you guys for coming on the show today. It's been fantastic. Thanks for thank having you. Us. Thank you so much. For sure. Make sure you check out all their music. Follow them on social media at Mia X Alley Official or at Mia Asano Music or at Piper.Alley. Right now, let's take a listen to Cliffs of Dover right here on the Doc G Show.
we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Mia X Alley. Fantastic Cliffs of Dover right there. Favorite song of theirs. Mike, what do you what, what do you do with that? You get a hundred thousand followers in twenty-four hours. Jeez. That seems like a bit much, you know? That's a lot. Yeah. Like I don't know how I'd react to that. Nope. That'd be that'd be too much for me to react. That's too much power, you know? Not even power, <laughs> just like too much responsibility. You know, I'm like, what do I tell yeah. these people? Do they want weather? Should I give them news updates? What should I do? I don't should I put a video right now? I mean, you know. Yeah, make like a song. Yeah, Thank exactly. 100,000 people. And then they're like, that song sucks. And you're like, oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a lot of pressure, man. Thankfully, Mike, we're not popular, so we don't have to worry yeah. about that. But like, yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to handle that kind of nonsense, you know? I mean, when you got 600,000 followers, that's a, that's a lot of hand. And then you think about, like, you know, Selena Gomez, and she's like, oh, I'm sitting here with 480 million followers. You're like, oh. That's, Wild. I can't even conce- so many people. Can't even conceive of that, man. It's more yeah. than all the people combined in the U.S. Everybody. That is. Every single yeah. person. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy, Mike. Crazy. But regardless, you know, they. I, what, I, what I love about Mia X Alley is that they're, they're turning it to boots on the ground, yeah. you know? They're they're taking they're taking the social media game and they're like no no screw that we're doing live tours we're coming in people's faces with our bagpipes and our violin and they're gonna hear it face to face they're gonna see us jumping around on stage you know I like that that's right that's good mm-hmm. getting yeah. getting to the people you know yeah for sure shout Sell out to them tickets. looks fun looks like a good time uh, hope mm-hmm. the rest of the tour goes well but Mike we need to move on. The fastest grow segment, fastest grow segment in the world. Mike C top three. Yes. Now, Mike, your um, decision for this week was the top three ways to de-stress. Yes. Now, stress. Now, while I was making my list, Mike, I, I think something reminded me. I think we've done something similar to this list before. So, something very close to it because like I was writing my list and I was like I think I remember writing these before it's something similar but like since we've already done like 90 top 3 list I was like I'm not going and listen to all of these there's no way I'm gonna, <laughs> not going to go find if we had like some kind of intern on the show that'd be something I'd give them hey you gotta go find where where we did this go back <laughs> listen Plus, it'll make our li- our numbers look better when you go back and listen through <laughs> to the we shows. Need the engagement. Yeah. Um, well, you know the stress relievers they change. You know, you, you, everybody has like a stress reliever, and then sure. you know, they find a new stress reliever. So you know. Sure. Sure. Well, do you have mine, any? On- mine haven't changed. You have any honorable mentions, Mike? Um. Yeah. The physi- The physiological sigh. Physiological sigh. The um, yeah, physiological sigh. Okay. Did I say that right. Yeah, physiological sigh. It's where you take the. Um, it's where you take a deep inhale, uh-huh. and then you take another deep inhale uh-huh. through the nose, and then a very slow exhale. Okay. Through the nose. Yeah. Okay. It's nice. Short short term, 
uh, stress reliever. Yeah. Well, that that's that's my number three, Mike. I uh, going into my number three, just breathing. Yeah. Practicing on breathing any time. Mm-hmm. You know, get too get too hyped up. You get too anxious. You get into that perpetual anxiety cycle. The heart rate starts going up. The breathing starts going up. You got to get that. You got to get that heart rate down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just control mm-hmm. that breathing. You know, so true. Control yeah. that breathing; it'll go back down. So yeah, that's my number three. A lot of different types of ways to do it. You know, yeah. there's all kinds of different ways you can control. I like the that box breathing. breathing is nice. Yeah, get yeah. a good count going. You know, mm-hmm. get a good count. Inhale, good count. Uh, uh, exhale. Practice on really filling the lungs, but not using your your upper your upper chest to do it. Using the diaphragm to expand. It's good. You relax. I, I you know. Uh, I combine that with one of my other. I could actually combine it with all three of my stress relievers, and it would work very well. But Mike, your number, your number three. What do you got? Uh, when I get super stressed out and anxious, I write a to do list. Mm. Write a. I just sit and just. What do I need to do? And I just write. It. And I'll, I'll add anything to it too. Mm. I, I'll have like a long to do list. So that's what I like to do. To do list. See, that makes me more anxious. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Because then yeah, I'm like, oh, God, I got all, all those stuff. things. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know? mm, not good. Not yeah. good. But then I like again. The organization, I like to see everything that I need to do. You know, I like to see it all. Yeah. That makes me feel a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, that that that's the thing. It depends on who you are. People always freak out when they see my, uh, they see my desktop on my computer. Because my desktop is just full, full of icons. Because I don't yeah. put anything in folders because I'm like, well, I can just search for it. I don't care. And people are mm-hmm. like, oh, but it makes me so anxious. And I'm like, yeah, makes me feel right at home. I'm completely fine with that. <laughs> like, yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of tabs, Doc G. Oh, anytime we share screens, you got yeah. like 80 tabs. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's stream of conscious. You know, I'm like back to yeah. this one. I don't want to don't uh, back to this one. You know, you got to go. You got to go. Uh, Mike, my number two. And I'm pretty sure, again, this is the one that cued me on this list that I was like, I think I've done it before. And I think this was number one, if I remember, like, what, again, I don't remember exactly what we were ranking, but petting a cat. There's there's something, there's something about, like, petting any animal is nice. I love petting any animal. Rabbit, Mm -hmm. dog, doesn't matter. Dog, though, they're too dependent on a human. So if I'm really anxious, I feel they're sort of looking at me being anxious. Like, what's up, buddy? What are you worried about, man? <laughs> yeah. Should I be worried too? Why are you worried, right? And I, that doesn't, yeah. you know, it's sort of a reciprocal pattern there. But with a cat, mm-hmm. they're obviously so detached from the world, the human world, that it just makes you feel so at peace. Like, you know, they're, on, they're literally their only two cares, eating and sleeping. That's all they care mm-hmm. about, right? And so yeah. you, and every now and then maybe playing with a piece of string. That's pretty much mm-hmm. it. So when you pet a cat, you get a little bit of that energy. They're just like, "What? I'm sleeping. Okay, I guess you can pet me. That's fine." Mm, you know, I like that. I like that. And then they'll just purr a little bit, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah, the purring. That's relaxing. You know, that all it's very soothing. You know, that's why they need more pet cat or, or uh, uh, cat cafes around the world." You know, mm, you ever been to a yeah. cat cafe, Mike? 
No, I haven't. But I've heard of like they, they they'll use cats in like hospitals. Oh to, yeah, like uh, yeah. Oh yeah, there, there's cat cafes where there you know there's just cats uh, that you can you can adopt. Generally, you know they have them for adoption, mm-hmm. but they just live there, right? And you come in and you get coffee and you can just sit there and pet the cats and the cats just come around and mm, hang out nice. with you yeah i was like a, i was like a random animal inside of a store oh man shop cats are the best shop yeah, cats are. are the best like you go like uh the the uh place i think i told you the the bike place that i fixed my bike the other the other week mm-hmm. they had yeah. a, they had a shop cat yes and i went in there and he the, that shop cat again detached from the world he was literally just on he was on the counter of the store on his back his belly just completely open just like uh just knocked out to the whole world and I came up and petted his head he was like what I don't really care and then just went back to sleep and that was it and I was just like you are the best you right <laughs> here just not giving a about what else is going on in here just getting your sleep on I am envious my friend I mm-hmm. want to be you Anyways, Mike, your number two. My number two, probably uh, it's it's got to be video games. Mm. Love a nice little game of 2K at the end of the day. Get into that flow state. I mean, I'm, I'm Michael Jordan. I can run through everybody, dunk on everybody. It's like, yes, I'm vicariously through this. Mike's like, I, I make I make a list, and I'm like, oh, sh- got so much to do. All right, I'm going to play video <laughs> games. Here we go. Yes. There we go. Let's, yes. Uh, to-do list. Write a to-do list. Video games, off. number one. Yeah, yeah. Number one on my list, I got to play some games, guys. It's, uh, yeah. it's freaking me out, but I got to do it. That's If you're an e-gamer, that's what you got on your to-do list. Well, today, for sure. 10 for hours sure. of games is going to be tough. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, 10 hours. I start to get stressed out after too much video games. I'm like, all right, I really need to do something else. (laughs) Like this is like an hour, I think max, maybe 45 minutes, half hour is like what I usually play. Sort of try to sort of try to keep yourself like a, like a mom or a kid being supervised by their mom. Mike, it's been 45 minutes. (laughs) You need to get off of that play thingy right now. Need to do it. Uh, Mike, my number one. Relaxing music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Number one, Mike, if I'm feeling anxious, I put on my chillin' playlist. Chillin' playlist. Yep. That's what it's titled, guys. Chillin'. Gordon Lightfoot, mm. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Eagles, mm. America, James Taylor. Mainly 70s soft rock. But there's other things in there. But that 70s soft rock, Mike, it'll take me away. You know? Yeah. I'm feeling worried, but then I hear that, and I'm just like, oh, you know what? Nah, who gives a You know? I'm just like, oh, yeah. Just feel feel the vibes, Mike. Feel the yeah, warmness sure. wash over me, and I'm like, you know what? Who cares? Put that away. Mm-hmm. We'll worry about that for another day. Let's let's yeah. let's relax. They were able to make some really tr- like trancey music back then with their guitar solos, and yeah, it's it was, yeah, I can see that. It's very warm, Mike. That's yeah. what I always call it. It, nice. it, it. it rolls over you, washes over you mm-hmm. like water, and you feel yeah. it. You know, I like piano music for that stuff. I, yeah. Nice little piano jazz. I got I got I got to have a voice in it. You yep. gotta have a voice. If you don't have a voice, I, I like I can't connect with just an instrument. I mean, I can, but it's gotta have at some point. I, I, I instrumentals are not going to be able to put me at ease as much as no. a human voice. I gotta have some kind yeah. of voice in there. But Mike, you're number one. 
Well, Doctor, I'm not trying to wrangle you into this. We don't have to do a meditation right now, but I do like to meditate to uh, to de-stress. I think ah, Hare the- Krishna's came. Oh no. <laughs> um, I think like one of the most like stressful periods of my life. I started finally following the advice to try to meditate, and like it really, it really was. Uh, it really did help a lot. Yeah. There you go. Meditating. Mm-hmm. Now, did you, you know, like did you do any chanting while you meditated? I don't do any chanting. I just, uh, you know, I try to think about my breath. I think about, you know what I think about, Dr. G, this is so random, but I think about like a blade of grass, one single blade of grass, and it goes, when I breathe out, it goes out. Mm-hmm. And then when I breathe in, the grass comes mm-hmm. back in. Uh, and uh, it's right, know, right, it, in, uh, right in front of your, right in front of your face. So it's, it's yeah. reacting to the breath. While I'm talking about this, this is so random, but sometimes the blade of grass rotates in a circle. Mm. And I'm like, try to keep it like, you know, right in line with, yeah. uh, you know, but I don't know why. What it, you want to control it, but every now yeah. and then it goes out. It's, yeah, it starts to. It's your mind working on that breath, Mike. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like I yeah. Yeah, I should meditate more. I guess you could say my meditation is is the breathing, the th- you know, number three on the line, you know? Yeah. Because that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm just focusing. I think it's like technically said. meditating. Yeah, it's, it's all you know, yeah. mm-hmm. meditation. Mm-hmm. I, mine, mine is like a full, uh, like a, a, a sensory deprivation. I go into a dark closet. Mm-hmm. I put in a couple ear ear plugs, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reset. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. It's nice. Every now and then, I'll uh, I'll combine mine. Like I said, now I don't have a, a you know a cat to uh, use. <laughs> But I will, you know, I'll throw on the old, the old seventies light rock and do it, you know, just, just put it on down low, focus on the breathing. Mm. Like you said, turn off the lights, turn, you know, turn everything off except for the music and just have me and the music and the breathing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. What, what do you think listeners? Is the doc G show the opposite of that you put it on and you're just like oh god these turds are making me anxious good lord are we the stressors is that it mike what is our topic for number or next week well along those lines let's see top three stress inducers (laughs) what stresses you out what do you like to uh what stresses you out yeah i i know my number one mike yeah, you know, my number one. It's haunted okay. me for years. I can tell you, number one, without a doubt. Yeah, some listeners might know what my number one is without. Uh, and spoiler alert, listeners, it's not weddings. Although that's pretty high up on the list, but it's not number one. That's <laughs> definitely not number one. Uh, Mike, that sounds good. We're gonna do stress, stress inducing top three stress inducing yeah. things items. Uh, next week, Mike, uh, we've got two birthday suits left. Do you want to do the musician? Well, we got two musicians. Do you want to do the rock artist or the hip hop artist? Let's do the rock artist. Okay. Lead singer of Nickelback. We've talked about him before, Mike. I just don't think you'll know his name. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What's his name? I forgot. I'll give you. Uh, we'll see if you get uh, you can get on that half train again. CK yeah, are the initials. CK. Chris. Nope. No. No. Chad Kroger. Chad, Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger. Yes. 
born November 15, 1974 in Alberta, Canada, Mike. Started playing guitar when he was 13. They started Nickelback when he was 21. 99, they signed a deal with EMI. By 2001, the band released their third album, Silver Side Up. I remember purchasing that album. That's right, listeners. I did. I purchased Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. Wow, how brave of you to admit that, Doc G. I, I, there's a lot of Nickelback songs I like, listeners. I'm not afraid to say yeah. it. Nope. Uh, you remind me, though. That's a jam. Too bad. That's a jam. Never again. Also a jam. Photograph. Yeah. It's a jam, listeners. All right. <laughs> Band Nickelback ultimately released 10 studio albums. Most recent was Get Rollin'. Band is one of the most successful Canadian bands of all time, selling more than 50 million albums worldwide. He was also, Mike, if you don't remember, we brought him up, I think, the last time because he was uh, he was engaged to Avril Lavigne for two years. So there you go. Mm. Yeah. 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 Shout out, Chad Kroger. Happy birthday, Chad. Happy birthday. Shout Mike, out. last one here. Last birthday suit. Uh, here's the condensed clue. Aside from Too Short, probably the most well-known artist from the Bay Area of California. No idea. His name, his rap name is a letter and then a number. Uh, yeah, I don't know. E-40, Mike. Uh, E-40. E-40. <laughs> Born on November 15, 1967 in Vallejo, uh, California. A birthday suit where he was interested in rap after he heard Rapper's Delight. Yes! Started selling raps out of the back of his car during high school. Initially made a group known as the Most Valuable Players. In 1993, he had his first solo album, Signed with Jive in 94. Uh, he had a couple of uh, charting singles with One Love and Things Will Never Change. 2003, he signed with Little John's record label, BME. In his time as a hip-hop artist, he's released 27 studio albums. Wow. Prolific. And, and while he hasn't had major global success, Mike, he is still seen as an icon. They actually had E-40 Night... At the uh, Golden State Warriors game uh, last season. That's a fact. Uh, and they had little E-40 bobbleheads. It's pretty awesome. I wish I would have gotten an E-40 bobblehead. Would have been nice. But regardless, Mike, uh, E-40 turning 50... What is that? 56 years old. 56 wow. years old to E-40. Shout out to... Uh, to Looks great. Yeah. Yeah, and then Chad Kroger. Live it up, Chad. Turning 49. One more year till the 50. The big 50 mark for Chad. Oh, man. Anyways, Mike, we have fantastic shows. Arguably biggest show of the year coming up next week. The one, the only Thanksgiving special with the huge guest. None other than Lewis Black coming on the show. Fantastic, Mike. Just a, a great, great interview. Great, great comedian. Yeah, it was. Legend. Mike, uh, you know, full circle for Mike. Sending him a, sending him a letter about, uh, about uh, stand-up comedy. 
getting to interview him. Fantastic. And, I, you know, not to spoil it for you listeners, because we've already done the interview, but um, he called us fantastic journalist. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Me and Mike, get a load of that, mm-hmm. huh? Huh? Yeah. Get a load of that. We are fantastic journalists, listeners. That's right. We are. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear the interview. It's going to be, once again, uh, fantastic, fantastic uh, Thanksgiving special. The seventh. The seventh Thanksgiving special. Also, Mike, the 350th episode of the Doc G Show. Can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. After that, we've got another amazing show right after that with none other than Juice, the fantastic band Juice. But until then, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus Charette. Thank you so much, Doc G. Appreciate it. Love it. Love of course. The, good time, good time, good time. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doo